Welcome to the Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to episode number 86 of the Determined Mom Show, Thriving Financially in Business and at Home. And so we have the amazing Leah Hadley here, and she is going to be telling us how we can do this, which is amazing. She is a financial advisor and money coach at Watch Her Thrive. Welcome, Leah. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you here because I know that your take on, or I guess your strategy on finances is a little bit different than a typical financial planner, which I absolutely love. But before we get into that, let me ask you how you got started working from home. Great question. So initially, I lost my job in equity research. Uh, We were downsized. And I was looking for a job um, really to fit in my life. So I have three kids and they have lots of activities and and whatnot. And, And everything that I was looking at, it was just clear to me that I was going to have to prioritize the job over my family. And that just didn't resonate with me. And so I really wanted something that, mind you, I love to work. I, I really, truly enjoy the work that I do. But I wanted to do it in a way that allowed me to prioritize my kids and be able to be the one that takes them to the doctor and takes them to the dentist and it picks them up if they're sick from school or you know gets to go on a field trip with them and those kinds of things. Um, so I took the leap and decided, you know what, I'm not really finding something that's going to work for me. Let me, let me see what I can do on my own. That's awesome. And I feel like that you mentioned something that people don't often mention, which is like being there for field trips and, you know, being able to pick them up if they're sick. That's kind of like some of those bonus things that I guess we don't often consider come along with it. And yeah, it's awesome. Cause I remember being little and like, I knew in elementary school that I could never be sick because my mom worked like an hour away, you know, like mm-hmm. so I couldn't be sick at school because there was no one to pick me up and all that stuff. So yeah, I love the fact that you prioritize that and that you figured out how to do it on your own. It took some, it took a little <laughs> while. It didn't happen overnight. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. And, um, and I've learned so much along the way, but I'm still like, even though, you know, I think it was a lot harder uh, than if I had just gone to another job. I think it was so worth those challenging times because I just, I really created a life that I really enjoy now. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it always is worth it. And there's always that point where you feel like giving up and you're like, oh, I don't know if this is worth it. Should I just go get a real job? Quote unquote. As many people look at entrepreneurs as like people that don't have real jobs. But anyway, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I completely understand. So so tell us about your business and also tell us about how we can thrive in our business and our home. Absolutely. So I work with a lot of people who are going through a difficult financial time in one way or another. So in addition to being a financial uh, advisor, I am an accredited financial counselor. Um, And so I have a lot of additional training around some of the areas that maybe your average financial advisor doesn't necessarily have as much education in. Things like managing debt, 
things like managing the emotions around money, really helping people to work through some of their own blocks around improving their financial situation, things like that. So I work with people who generally are either feeling less than confident managing their finances on their own or, and kind of what we're talking about today, I actually have a lot of small business owners or entrepreneurs that I work with. And a lot of it has to do with creating like really clear systems in place to manage money, both for the and personally. And a lot of times for a newer entrepreneur or even somebody who's more established, but they have this amazing passion for whatever it is that they do, right? Like I have a lot of creative folks that I work with who are so incredibly talented, but they maybe never took like a business or accounting class, right? Like they kind of just got started with maybe some relationships they had or something like that. Or A lot of the moms that I work with, maybe we're trying to figure out a way to even stay home, but earn some extra money. And they've kind of stumbled on something that's now growing and uh, which is fantastic. Uh, But there are so many business owners who don't take that step back first to really lay out the financial plan associated with their business and their home life separately. And I'm going to talk a little bit about why that's so important in a few minutes. So people come to me A lot of them have made a little bit of a mess of their finances, to be quite honest, which is fine. I mean, that's totally normal for people who have come to me and I tell them that like they're not alone. It's very, very common. And I totally see where it comes from. You know, financial literacy in this country, we just don't get a ton of education when we're growing up around how to manage our finances. I think most people are lucky if they have a parent who sits down and like shows them how to you know balance their checkbook and things like that, or even create a budget, right? Like I was really fortunate that I was raised with a single mom, but a single mom who was very financially savvy. And so coming out of school, she sat down with me and showed me how she budgeted and how she created a budget, how I could do that for myself. And that was huge because so many people don't get that. And so having those basic financial literacy, like not having those basic financial literacy skills is so, so, so common. And I let people know that, you know, that there's no expectation when somebody comes to have a conversation with me about where they quote should be, because so many people say, oh, I heard I should do this or I should do that. Where they go down this rabbit hole of like Google of all the things they should be doing. Yeah. Um, and then they get trapped in this mindset of like, hey, I'm not doing all these different things that I quote should be doing. And feeling really as it co- relates to money, in a lot of ways, like they're failing themselves. Yeah. And so that is super common. And we really work through that. So that's what I do in my work. You know, I, I help people kind of get very clear on their current financial picture. So where do things currently stand, both from a numbers perspective, but also like that emotional piece too. Like, how are we interacting with money? What's going on here? Um, And let's get really clear and creating an action plan. So ultimately, you know, I work very collaboratively with people. I'm a big believer that like your financial plan is your plan. It's not my plan that I'm saying like, do this. It's really about saying, like, let me understand what your goals are in your life, what you want to achieve, what you're trying to do with your business. um, And let's create a plan that's going to get you from where you stand today. We've gotten very clear on what the current situation is 
to get you to where you want to be. Okay. And I have some clients, especially my business owner clients who are incredibly ambitious and they have these huge goals for themselves. And it's amazing to be on the ride and celebrate along with them, but also to have that gut check of like, all right, well, let's talk about whether or not that investment in your business makes sense right now. And just because it might not make sense in this moment doesn't even make, mean that it won't make sense six months from now or a year from now, but maybe this isn't the right moment, right? Okay. And just yeah. figuring that all out from an objective standpoint, because like I said before, money can be so emotional with people and they really get tied into that. And then it becomes harder to make those really good financial decisions. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, like there, there is some math behind there, right? Yeah. Um, and figuring out what is a good move, optimizing your tax situation. It's a big one for my business owners. Awesome. Well, I totally agree with the emotional part. Um, I think that is the thing that holds almost everyone back, at least I'm speaking for myself. But, you know, I know that it holds me back because you have those emotions about money. Like, oh, no, like, do I have enough? Do I need more? Like all of these things and all that. And it's really hard to address. So I'm glad that you kind of have that counseling training because I think that we need that more than anything. I think that's kind of like where we should start personally. It is. It's tremendously helpful. And sometimes... What I mean, the skills are very learnable, right? Like at the end of the day, I feel like there's 30, 40, 50 different ways to do a budget, but you can figure out a budgeting process that's going to work for you. That's a very learnable skill, right? But sometimes getting our out of our own way to recognize the fact that we are in fact in control of our income and what does that actually mean and how do we actually execute on that fact? Yeah. Um, that's a different thing, right? There's a lot of emotion tied into that, especially depending on how you were raised and, you know, what your thoughts are around income and what that might mean for you. So yeah, that can be a point that we really have to work through together. Yeah, definitely. And another thing that's funny that you said, um, about the financial literacy. So when I was, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say 21. I can't remember how old I was, but I moved out with my boyfriend to a different city, and I realized that his mom taught him nothing, like zero. He didn't even know how to write a check. Like he didn't know where to write the thing. And like I was like, oh my goodness. So I really hope that all of the parents out there, even though we don't really use checks that much anymore, and things are generally automated, I really hope that you are teaching your children. This is of course like 20 years ago, but <laughs> you're teaching your children these things are like so important and so fundamental, including how to do your own laundry and how to cook basic things. Like, I think there's just so many fundamental things that are, are missed in parenting. Absolutely. That's that whole transition into adulthood. There's all of these independent living skills that people need and managing money is really at the core because I can't tell you how many people I work with who don't get those experiences at all and have really created a very difficult situation for themselves to get out of. Yeah. And like I said before, there is that like, there's that shame around feeling like they're failing themselves because there's all of this language around what we should or shouldn't be doing. And the fact of the matter is, if you don't know any better, you don't know any better, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, you know, teenagers and young adults feel invincible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'll yeah. always have money to do my laundry. Exactly. I'll always have food. I'll always have. So when you couple that with just kind of that developmental phase, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can create a very difficult foundation to then, you know, as you're really transitioning into adulthood, to be able to feel good about being financially secure. That's the big one that I hear from most people is that they just want financial security, which means something very different for a lot of people. But at the end of the day, like there is, there are very practical core things to financial security that you can establish for yourself once you determine what that actually means for you. And that's something that I work through with a lot of my clients um, around that issue of financial security. So one question that I have for you is people that have made a mess of their finances are probably very fearful of knowing, like looking at that like picture of like what it is really like. So how do you kind of help them to overcome that fear of like actually looking at it? You know, it's that's like, um, yeah, that's yeah. a great question, right? It's like getting on the scale when you don't want to, you know, like, you don't exactly. want to know how bad it is. Yeah, Exactly. And I have to say, and I'm like, I'm so impressed by the people who reach out to me because they are very courageous. A lot of them are going through a difficult time, right? And they don't want to look at it themselves. And they certainly don't want somebody else looking at it either because there's so much fear of judgment around that. I would say the biggest thing is to think about, you know, what could happen in the future if it's not dealt with? Um, And sometimes recognizing that you can actually make things much worse and make it much more difficult to deal with is enough to give people that incentive to say like, hey, I got to face this thing. Unfortunately, it often happens when there's some other issue going on in somebody's life. You know, one of the areas that I specialize in is supporting people who are going through the divorce process. And that's a time where it's part of the legal process to go through the financials And sometimes that is a very eye-opening experience and a very difficult experience for people. Sometimes it's when somebody's lost a loved one um, and suddenly it's like we have to, you know, figure out the estate and these kinds of things. So most of the time, you're not going through that difficult a financial situation that it's like, oh gosh, I have to deal with it now, I think. But those are the hardest times to deal with it. So it's so much better to deal with it as soon as you can rather than waiting And again, I think it comes down to what happens if I don't deal with this, right? I had one of my clients recently say that he uh, had lost a parent. And he said, you know, I just don't want to leave my kids with the same financial headache that my parents left for me. And I think a lot of us feel that way, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it's that definitely the fear of the unknown. And I think what you're saying is just be proactive about it and get it done now before something happens. And you're in a horrible situation dealing with not only the emotion of the finances, but with the divorce, with the death, there's so many other emotions that you have to deal with. So avoid giving yourself heart attack or, you know, anxiety, depression, all of these things. Yeah, 2020 was a year for, it was a a weird year for people with their finances. I mean, everybody had a very different and unique experience financially in 2020. But even just having your employer cut back your hours or reduce your benefits because, you know, they're worried about the broader economy. 
for people who are kind of living on the edge as it relates to managing their finances, and there's a lot of fear there, that can be enough to really set you off. Um, So sometimes, you know, when you're in a difficult situation, any of those small tweaks that are kind of out of your control can really create a very challenging situation for you, where it's like, suddenly, I have to face this. And you know, what do I need to do to deal with it? But the great thing about 2020 is there were also so many programs in place to help people. And so that's what I spent a lot of my time over the last year is just kind of keeping up on what's available and how can we support people and what's available for business owners and things like that. So that way, I think when you have that professional guidance in place, you all of a sudden, there's so many more resources available to you, right? Because that's my full-time responsibility is keep up with that stuff. Whereas if you're trying to manage your business and you know, you're trying to manage your money on your own, you don't have time to keep up with everything that's going on. Um, as it relates to those changes. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's like catching up from behind and and it's worse, you know. <laughs> so, so what can we do? You have tips or any actionable things that we can do today to kind of start on this journey of understanding what's going on in our home and what's going on in our business and um, where we can start. Yes. So my number one tip, and I, you know, if you're not doing this, don't, you're not alone. Um, Most business owners that I work with, when we first start working together, have some commingling of business money and personal money. And my number one tip is to separate those things out. Keep your business money completely separate from your personal money. And that does mean paying yourself regularly. So especially a lot of the newer business owners that I work with are in this sort of feast and famine mode, right? So they are out there like marketing and selling their service and then they get clients and they kind of slow down with that. And then, you know, they they have the work and then they need the work again and then they get busy. So it's like this up and down roller coaster of like having income, but it not being consistent. Okay. And so that can be really tricky to navigate especially if you were somebody who had come out of a career where you were paid very consistently, right? And even I will say like some of the sales folks that I work with who also have that inconsistent income have very similar experiences to some of my business owner clients. And and it's that managing that uneven cash flow. But number one, no question, make sure you have a separate business bank account, separate personal bank account. The other issue that I find a lot of my business clients, business owner clients running into is taxes, like getting, developing these big tax bills because they're just not preparing for them. So I always encourage my clients to take 15% of every dollar that comes into their business and put it actually into a separate account that is specifically for taxes. So it doesn't matter what else you have going on. Literally, revenue comes in the door, 15% of that you move in to your tax account. So you don't end up, and, and maybe that may be too much, especially if you're a, a newer business, you may find that you're saving too much. That's okay, because your business is going to grow and getting into that good habit early on is so, so, so important. Another one that a lot of business owners don't tend to think a lot about is there's a lot of people out there, financial gurus or bloggers talking about emergency savings for your personal life. And that is so important to have money set aside 
to handle anything that comes up that's unexpected, unplanned, like 2020. <laughs> like 2020. <laughs> like everything, yeah. Um, and I will say that finally people are listening about the emergency savings. After 2020, I've had more people open to the idea of emergency savings. Emergency savings is not a credit card. It is not a credit card. Even though you may have an open active credit card, that company can actually close that account at any time. They have the right to do that. So that is not your emergency savings. And if your income drops, that's probably the time that that creditor is going to, in fact, reduce your limit or close your account. Um, and so you just don't want to rely on credit cards for um, emergencies like that. Um, but what I was going to say is that you also need it in your business. So just like in your personal life, things happen, you know, you've got a plan for the unexpected. That same risk, although a little bit different, does exist in your business as well. And it is important to have savings in the bank. So what I see some people do is they will be paying themselves out basically any extra income that's coming into the business. But you really want to have some money retained in the business for future investment, but also for unplanned expenses that may come up that you need to deal with. How do you feel about the profit first method? I'm actually reading that book right now. So I'm kind of curious some of the things that you're saying like align with that. So absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, I am a big believer, Amanda, that the it's there's no one size fits all solution for anything. Like I really truly believe that. And that's why I do have a hard time kind of following some of the financial gurus. I think the profit first strategy is an excellent strategy. It's kind of like the envelope system for business, if you will, right? It's like setting aside certain dollar amounts for things like, you know, your own compensation, taxes, retaining a profit in the business, right? Operating expenses. So it's really dividing up every dollar that comes into your business and giving it a home, okay? And for some people, they really need those separate accounts or something like that kind of a structure, so the profit first method is about creating separate accounts in order to have your very clear buckets of money for specific purposes in your business, right? And some people really like a very clean structure that they can follow like that. You know, for some people, that's just confusing in their mind, um, you know, and that's fine. You know, yeah. I have some of my clients really, really like to get into the weeds with their numbers. And some of them really like to kind of stand back and look big picture, so I think it's about finding a system that works for you. I think that is a system that works for a lot of people and it could work for you. Um, I would say if you haven't read the book, it's a great one to check out if you're struggling with cash flow management in your business. It's a really good one to check out. But also a lot of people really need support if they are currently in a difficult situation, making the transition to something like that. And having somebody really to like bounce ideas off of or kind of think through the challenges that they're trying to solve. But I think it's a structure that works well for a lot of people. And I think it's great that you offer those types of services too, <laughs> like the assistance and the back, helping people to get that structure and to kind of figure out that plan. Yeah, it's really helpful for a lot of folks, especially for those who they just want to do whatever, you know, whatever their zone of genius is, right? Like I said, I work with a lot of creative professionals, and I think that is more to do with the fact that you know people come to me, they know there's no judgment here, right? But the creative professionals that I work with, most of them are not numbers people. 
And they want that help knowing that like they can do amazing work in whatever their area is. Um, but they're never really going to get into like the financial analysis piece of it. Um, and I can help them figure out what do they need? You know, maybe they need a bookkeeper um, or maybe they need an accountant or maybe they need both, right? So really figuring out what is going to be helpful to them and knowing what resources are available and understanding where the challenges are is really helpful. But also acknowledging the fact that usually, and this isn't everybody again, but a lot of the creative folks that I work with, they've, they've made a mess of their business finances, but also their personal finances, and then kind of commingled between the two, right? And really helping people to kind of sort that out and get very clear before you had asked me about kind of the fear around getting that clarity. But believe it or not, a lot of people get a tremendous amount of relief around that clarity because it's so gray in our minds and we can really get very concrete about, you know, what are the issues here? And let's just use an example of debt because debt comes up all the time. Um, Lots of people are really laden with debt. And if I can look at, you know, what is the interest that you're paying? And let's see, is there a solution where we can actually reduce that interest expense? So that way, every payment you're making is getting you out of debt that much faster, right? So if we can really look at what strategies are available to be proactive. In some cases, I'm able to save people tens of thousands of dollars in taxes because we are looking at how to optimize their tax situation. So having somebody come in and help you to actually realize more money at the end of the day mm-hmm. is so powerful. Yeah. But if you you have to take that fear away, right? You have to like fight through it or, you know, whatever it is um, right. to get to that next step. So that way we can really get clear and make some good action plans. Yeah, that's awesome. And you had mentioned resources for people. Do you have any resources that you offer, you know, for people that are trying to get their home and business finances under control? Yeah, great question. So I do have a free financial resource library online. It's at financialresourcelibrary.com. There's tons of principles on there. There's budget worksheets. There's like um, a checklist on figuring out if you should refinance your home. There's all kinds of different resources. And I keep adding to it. So lots of free stuff that can walk you through um, some of the things that we've talked about today. I also have a free group. It's Watch Her And people are welcome to come in and ask questions and get support in that group as well. Um, so I do try to offer resources, especially for people who are just starting out and they just, you know, are looking for help but aren't ready to make an investment. That's awesome. And if you didn't catch the name of that Facebook group, it's called Watch Her Thrive. So, and you can also find Leah's website at watchherthrive.co. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, is there anything else that you would like to share about the business and home finances? Any other tips that you have for us? I know you said uh, keeping your funds separate and making sure you have your own business bank account, but is there anything else? Absolutely. So on the personal side too, uh, it, you know, people talk a lot about budgeting and, and a lot of times it's almost like a bad word. It's like this B, it's like the bad word, right? It's interesting. So I think about budgeting very differently and I think about it both personally and in business. So you want to have a quote budget for both, 
But if you really think about it as far as an investment in your future, right? So when we think about business, a lot of times people learn about return on investment or ROI. You know, you invest in a certain, let's say, a marketing, for example, and you expect to re- receive revenue as a result of those marketing efforts. That's the return you're getting on that investment in marketing, right? But a lot of times when people think about your personal budget, they just think about like managing expenses and it, it gets, it's almost like a diet mentality, right? Like you have to cut back on all of your spending and these kinds of things. So when I talk with people about budgeting, the first thing I do is I really try to get to know them and what's important to them, what matters in their lives, what do they value, right? But also what are their goals? What are they excited about? What do they want to do in the future? You know, do they have some amazing trip that they want to plan for themselves, their family? You know, what does that look like? Are there hobbies that they wish they had more money to invest in or time to spend doing? Having those be the guiding light of how you create a spending plan is just so powerful because even though it's not a return on your investment like you think of in a business, it is in terms of the value that you get to enjoy in your life, right? And so if we're creating a savings strategy, but that savings is all about this amazing you know, trip to Disney World that you're planning with your family and you're so excited about it, there's so much motivation and there's so much incentive to actually achieve that goal, right? And so suddenly, like getting those extra coffees or convenience foods doesn't seem as important because, you know, you have something that you're really excited about, right? And so I think that's really core to how I work with people, but how to think about it on your own as well. And that helps people to stay motivated and changing their financial situation. So a lot of times there might be fear of reaching out to a professional, but really thinking through those goals and what is that incentive at the end of the you know, at the end of the tunnel, when you get through this, what is that incentive can really keep people motivated. But I did mention to you before, like one of the areas I specialize in is helping people who have gone through a very difficult financial situation. So I do have financial recovery boot camps that'll be coming up here in March. And that is a time for people who like, let's do it together. You know, like this is all the people in the group have gone through some kind of a difficult financial change. They're going through a difficult financial change and they're ready to say like, I'm done feeling bad about my money. I want to take control. I want to get on the right path and how to move forward and feel empowered. So that way I can really get to all these goals, these big, amazing goals that I'm dreaming about. And so I'm excited about that. If people have questions about that, they can always reach out to me directly. Okay. How long is that financial bootcamp? It's an eight-week program. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. I might have to participate in that one. (laughs) That sounds great. I know I am in your Facebook group and I'm excited about that. So yeah. So are there any other words of wisdom that you would like to leave the guests with? Yes. Thank you for asking. So I would say the biggest thing is like, don't be afraid. Don't put your head in the sand. Everybody is starting somewhere and wherever you are at this moment in time, it's just a moment in time. That's your starting point. And if you are somebody who has amazing, awesome dreams that get you really excited to think about them, that is like the first step in really making progress. And so you can do this. Like if you've been struggling managing your cash flow in your business, managing your cash flow at home, reaching those goals in the past, 
it, there's a way out of a difficult financial situation. And, and I believe that every single person is capable of doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. Very inspiring. Yeah, thank you. I love that. I love that part. All right. So one question for you. What is your favorite thing about being able to work from home and do all the things that you do? My favorite or my least favorite in this moment? <laughs> uh, well, give us both. <laughs> um, my favorite thing is flexibility. I mean, there's no question about it. It is flexibility. It's my being in control of my time. And I have amazing, amazing clients who understand that I have children or I might have dogs that bark sometimes and everybody is wonderful. I would say least favorite. Honestly, the last year with virtual schooling, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm ready for the kids to be back in the classroom. My kids have been yes. doing 100% virtual schooling since March. Um, and so it's been a lot to juggle. And I'm sure lots of other people out there have had a similar experience and are right there with me. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, I think it's really nice to be able to be home, you know, when the kids come home from school and stuff like that. This has yeah. just been an extra difficult time. Yeah, this is an exceptional period of time, I think. <laughs> yeah, my kids have been in um, cyber school basically since March, too. And it's been rough. <laughs> to say the least, but I do like that they're not in school and they're not getting germy and all that stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so where can people connect with you? Where is the best place to find you? So I do have the free Facebook group. I would love for you to join me. I'm so glad that you're in it, Amanda. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Watch Her Thrive, the Facebook group, and then on Instagram. So uh, Watch Her Thrive on Instagram as well is a great place to connect with me. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Leah. And if you want to learn more about her boot camp that's coming up, definitely join the Watch Her Thrive Facebook group. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. This episode of The Determined Mom Show is brought to you by the free Facebook group, Mastering Google My Business to Increase Your Revenue. Inside of this group, you'll get insights into new features of Google My Business, and you'll learn how to master your Google My Business listing in order to increase your revenue. This is free to join, and you can find it on Facebook by searching Mastering Google My Business to Increase Your Revenue inside of the Facebook groups.